welcome to the 24K Lounge. This is the 24K Lounge. <laughs> We're living large, huh? We yeah, live large <laughs> here in the bowels of the Pepsi Center. Um, we have a special treat for everyone today, and we are going to be joined on this entire podcast by Nuggets point guard, Monte Morse. Welcome. What's up, man? Happy to be here. How Appreciate you living? Living good. So. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, why don't we just start with on-court stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, because you're just playing out of control right now. Mm-hmm. Just how? Just talk about your individual season right now, how, how it's going for you. How, how well do you like it? Um, I'm loving it, man. Um, I'm playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, Coach Malone, uh, when I get in, he usually try to run plays that I'm uh, more comfortable with, uh, that fits me. So it helps me go out and show. You know, my display of my skill, which is he always usually put me in a position where I got to read a single guy, whether I got the lob or hit somebody for open three. And he just let me play downhill and let me play free. So um, I think I, I, I give a lot of credit to Coach Malone for giving me freedom and space to play and opportunity to go out there and do it. And also my teammates just telling me to keep going, keep pushing pace and just keep getting everybody going. So how does that dynamic kind of work when does he just pull you over and say, hey, listen, why don't you tell me the, the 10 plays that you love the best? Or how does that work? Um, nah, it's more so like um, like when Jamal plays point, it's more so him like passing and like getting pin downs and coming off of shots and things. And when I'm in, if you watch it, it's more so me and Mason pick and roll, mm-hmm. um, more so me on ball making quick reads. Um, so it's just he just know just what us been playing you know he's know what I'm more comfortable with opposed to what Jamal's more comfortable with playing points so that just shows how flexible he is as a head coach yeah those two units you guys do really function differently, yeah, differently. it's crazy yeah, yeah, like it's two so. almost different styles of play mm-hmm. when you're out there um and Monte it just seems like even last year mm-hmm. the second that you were pulled up this team completely embraced you mm-hmm. and I'm talking like off the court too it yeah. seems like you you have such a good bond with these guys mm-hmm. How has that helped and grown through last season now to this season? And, and we're yeah. seeing it play off on the court, too. Yeah, I mean, everybody know I'm a teammate guy. I'm a people's person. And uh, I know how to click with mostly everybody. Um, I know everybody's personalities. And I and I crack jokes. I try, I try to bring positivity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I try to bring positivity and joy all the time. So even last year when I was in the G League, uh, I was playing. And when I got caught up, you know, I was working really hard, and they seen it, and they never seen me put my head down when I got sent down. I just embraced it, and I think that's what brought them closer to me, too, to just, you know, they, it was like, dang, Monte's just doing what he got to do, and it's going to pay off, and they would always tell me that. So so this year, I feel like it was easier to embrace me. Um, even with me not having much experience, um, they say I feel like I'm a vet out there with them, uh, especially Paul tell me that all the time. Um, but it's just crazy that I'm only really played my like 20th game in the NBA. So you look like a vet out there, I my feel, man. Yeah, I feel. I mean, I feel like it. Like everything slowed down for me. Um, that was my biggest adjustment. Um, the speed of the game was faster. Just knowing how to make passes because guys are so long and finishing and getting my shot off. So once the game slowed down for me, and that's been at every level for me, I've been able to adjust pretty well. What? Why did it slow down so fast for you? I mean, there's. A lot of players, Ooh, it, it a takes question. a long time. Uh-huh. Why did it slow yeah. down so fast? <laughs> yeah. um, 
I'm not sure. Honestly, um, I've always played up in my age groups when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, I was like 14 playing 17 under. So I was always the smallest guy. The game speed was always fast, but I just adjusted. I think it's me going out there to make like making mistakes mm -hmm. and then learning from them. And then once I once I get it, I'm ready to roll. And like right now, um, I'm able to read things. I know uh, players' tendencies better now. And the game slowed down for me. And the G League, the Summer League definitely helped. And also this summer, playing against Jimmer, playing against yeah. all those other guys that would come in, free agents, um, and not just doing individual work definitely helped me. You sound like a real student of the game, mm -hmm. and I'm wondering how much studying, watching, how much uh, yeah. how much do you immerse yourself just in the game? Um, It's funny. Uh, I watch – I mean, I watch a lot of film. It's funny. I, in college, I was watching more NBA than I was against my college <laughs> opponents. So guys that I'm guarding now, I'm familiar with their game just because, you know, I was either a fan of how they played or I take some from every type of point guard and try to implement it into my college game when I was in college. So – um, like I said, I watch film. Um, I try to know guys go to moves and things like that. So mm -hmm. I can be one step ahead. Cause one thing I learned, um, with Chris Paul and going to his camp, he know every single play we play Houston. We call a set coach Malone to try to hide it. And he already, <laughs> he was already two steps ahead yelling it to their sideline. So I think that's the biggest step for me, not just me, but like Jamal and, um, us just, hitting that curve on knowing what's coming yeah. every time down against the opposing team. Who did you watch the most? In college? Yeah. Um, definitely Damian Lillard. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, Damian Lillard, like, he's, like, one of my favorite point guards. Um, I just like his style. You know, he's quick, erky-jerky. Yeah. Um, tough shot maker. Um, and he just – he just got that dog in him. Um, and also CP, because um, I played a pick and roll, and pick and roll is my thing. And he do a fantastic job at it, throwing lives, making good passes. And everybody seems to like to play with Chris Paul, so that's the type of vibe I try to get from my teammates. Were there certain moves that you adapted? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Walk me through them. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, with CP, it's always coming off a screen and, if he's trailing, he'll try to cut you off and then get away to make that big come up to throw the lob. That's one thing I really took from him. And uh, his Thank you, CP. Yeah, for sure. Seriously. <laughs> for sure, just learning that. And uh, Damian Lillard just changing direction. Um, like the move I did last night against uh, Brandon Ingram on the sideline, mm -hmm. Damian Lillard always does it when he – yeah, how you going right then? Just drop it to his left and get downhill quick. So, you know, I just try to – play at different speeds and watching him he don't never play at one speed it's always slow to fast or fast to slow or something like that so I just try to be different because if I feel like if the defender know I'm gonna play from zero to a hundred every single time it's easy to guard me so I try to switch up my speeds just a little bit yeah that's that's very interesting yeah. and just a second ago you talked about playing up and playing through mistakes mm -hmm. but the mistakes you don't make are turnovers mm -hmm. and I mean, that that's it's very it's interesting to me and here's one of the th we've talked about this a, a lot a million times a lot <laughs> but you played in the big 12 and the big 12 was yeah. a really yeah. fast conference like they'll sure. speed you up yeah. you know you get to especially you get to play in west virginia yeah, yeah. yeah that, those that's, are my favorite games i just have to be hydrated yeah but if you're not turning the ball over in those situations mm -hmm. you're probably never going to turn the ball over because those are the highest pressure situations yeah. but when did you I asked you last night if you paid attention to your assist yeah. turnover ratio. You 
a mean, little bit, but people if if somebody texts me about it, yeah. like I don't have a Twitter, so I don't. You don't have I mean, a Twitter? No, nah, I had one, but it got hacked. Oh. It's been hacked since the summertime. Should we uh, Somebody, get your new one right here on the Twenty Four K podcast? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm. I'm cool. I'm cool with Instagram. Instagram. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I see true. everything on Instagram, yeah. but I mean, if someone texts me about it, then I like know like my college goes and stuff like that. But Twitter, I just try to stay like off Twitter and don't <laughs> even look at it because in college I would go on Twitter and. After games, and it'll be stuff I didn't want to see. It is savage. Yeah, yeah. savage. The Twitter for world sure. is, you know, it's great in a lot of ways, but it is also yeah. awful in a lot of ways. I mean, Instagram is the same way, but it's more so um, you can get a feel for who somebody is right. talking <laughs> on Instagram. You know, Twitter is just profile picture, nothing behind yeah. it, and it's. Yeah, so I really, yeah, I'm not right. a fan. You know what? I'm gonna close my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not absolutely not. Okay, going back to the assist to turnover stuff, uh-huh. and you've been asked about this a million times. This is probably the go-to question with Monte: is how do you not turn the ball over? Uh-huh. Okay, so tell us something about that skill that you maybe haven't shared before, or just I mean, a different approach. I don't know. I mean, even the turnovers I did have this year, like. The one in Minnesota where they said I stepped out of bounds, Gary said, like, I was nowhere near that. Mm-hmm. And then it was one at home where I just jabbed and went left. They called it travel. Like, it was a few that, that I – That one wasn't. Yes, yeah, like, exactly it was a it was about. a few, like, um, that I know it wasn't. But, I mean, my my skill with that, like, I go out there and just play basketball. Um, I don't try to do nothing too flashy unless I got to throw a behind the back pass. I'd rather have, have it. To. Yeah, unless it's I do what the defense tells me to do. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I learned, you know, my mom was a point guard and she was a coach growing up. She, I had friends who would always try to make the flashy play, and she would just be like, "That's that's not gonna work. Make like, the make the simple play. You draw a defender, just make a nice bounce pass." They, yeah. She always was simple play, simple play. She always say. Meat and potatoes, like just keep it simple. Like yeah. so, that's my mindset. Um, the more possessions we get, the, um, without turning the ball over, the more chances we got to score. And um, my mindset, I just, I just go out there. If I see a guy open, I make the play. If I got a shot, I take it. I don't try to overthink it. Yeah. Basketball is a really simple game. If you, I mean, you draw a defender, you got two on the ball, yeah. get off of it. Um, I don't try to make it too difficult. Um, it's really no secret. I just go out there and yeah. just play my game. I mean, I take chances. I throw lives. I throw the ball ahead, try to mm-hmm. <laughs> thread the needle and stuff. So I'm not going out there not to turn the ball over. I mean, I'm not scared to turn the ball over. I just, I mean, I just so been fortunate. So we got to thank moms for yeah, help teaching you to yeah. walk, yeah. to talk, and to make the simple pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's simple, play. simple play. Let's That's talk it. about yeah. mom for a little bit, yeah. though, because mm-hmm. growing up, around basketball the way yeah. that you did how did her game and her coaching influence you as a player um I mean I would say it was a lot for me because at first we had to change our approach from being my mom to her coach mode like when she yeah. watched my games now it's more so coaching than my mom, so she's giving it to me straight up, <laughs> not the mom like, version. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was my biggest adjustment for me. I remember I was 15 years old. We were playing in this big tournament in the city. Uh, we was playing Flint Northwestern. I had the stomach flu, and I wasn't supposed to play. She was like, well, if you're going to play, you better play. 
you don't don't have ability. And I had I had like twelve points. I was playing varsity. I was a sophomore. I had like nine turnovers. <laughs> like I was like I couldn't I couldn't move. I was I was so bad. And we got in the car and she chewed me out. She was like, "You the one laced up your shoes." Like I'm not. And at that point. Like, I was so mad at my mom, like, in the car. Like, yeah. I wasn't even answering none of her questions. Like, I was so <laughs> mad. But but that day kind of shaped me and just showed me that it's all I love at the end of the day. Right. And if I wanted to get to where I was going to get to, I wasn't going to get it by sugarcoating and um, just wanting to hear what I wanted to hear. Um, so when I got to college, every time I would come home for Christmas break, she had all my games recorded in. It's like a film session. Like when I, we watching films, she's pausing possessions. Like, Happy holidays. Yeah. I'm like, what were you seeing on this possession? Like pausing it. And I'm like, can we watch the game? It's every, <laughs> like it's every every single possession. Like, come on. Man. Yeah. So, but nah, I mean. When did you know, when did, when, when you were able to separate, you know, the mom part mm-hmm. from the coach part? Um, I would say early, um, when I was about 16, that's when I realized, all right, my mom, like, got two different modes. I just got to <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. gotta get with the game plan. And, like, when she would come to my games, if I wasn't more engaged enough or she wanted me to turn it up, she would always just, like, crank her hand up and stuff. <laughs> so we had a little signals. Still do signals, so. too, with my dad. Yeah, I totally yeah, did that. My dad yeah, would so. whistle at me and do the yeah, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> so, so that's kind of the bond we got, you know. I'm just thankful to have her, especially being a coach early and a player. So, do does she still break down film with you? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> sure, she always do. She texts me at halftime, either good half or you need Pick to be up. more aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good it's a good it's a good uh, person to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend that the kids growing up don't don't try to have yes people around you because it's just gonna make you get complacent and she never let me get complacent because she played ball and she always let me know like all right you can play video games and do all that but there's somebody out there that's working that's less fortunate than you and things like that so I just always uh hear her words sometimes but sometimes I didn't want to hear it (laughs) even though I knew she was right but it shaped me for who I am today and I'm still happy you know that she's still here and i can talk to her every day because that's a blessing for me i want to talk about your team presentation Mm -hmm. so just quick background for nuggets fans each player on the nuggets team presents something of their choice throughout the season to the rest of the guys and you just had yours Mm -hmm. um recently and you spoke about flint yeah what did you break down um, I just I just wanted everybody to get more of a feel about Flint and more of a feel for me. And once I walked away from the presentation, I just wanted everybody to have a bigger eye on what's going on in my city and, and why I play and why the things I do and how hard I play because um, it's bigger than me. And um, so early in my presentation, I just broke down um, – GM, because GM was a big time uh, money maker in a, in Flint. We was a high middle class town. Everybody was there. Then the market crashed in the early 2000s, and uh, they laid off around like 4,000 people. And then they gave them the choice whether to 
um, if you was far enough into your uh, GM, like as far as in years, like veteran, like up here, uh, you can take the layoff bargain and they would pay you up to $100,000 over 10 years. So they would get you paychecks, yeah. but you would be laid off. And then they gave other people the option to just get laid off. And because they wasn't far enough yeah. ahead. So people just lost their jobs. And it was some that could get relocated, but you can get relocated. But people had kids, you know, they couldn't just up and leave. People was in school. So I started off with that. And then um, I brought in, um, once that crash, violence went up because of the lack of money. Yeah. I mean, everybody, the whole city, we only uh, we was only 100,000 people in the city. So we was a small smallest uh city in michigan um then i brought in a water crisis i told them when i was a sophomore in college uh high v got with me at iowa state and they sent 11 truckloads of water up to flint for me Hmm. i remember yeah so um did that my mom my family was there waiting i think on pearson road um everybody in flint came out got water like it was a big time event that i wish i was there for but I got pictures, I had videos and everything, so that meant a lot. And then um, the crime, I brought that up, and then I showed the trailer of Flinttown on Netflix. It's, just, it's like a six-episode uh, documentary up. It's still on there, and it just breaks down um, why the water went bad, like crime, just with 98 officers, it's just not enough officers to troll yeah. the city. Hold on, hold on. 98 officers for yeah. 100,000 people? Yeah, but it's less officers now. Wow. Yeah, so it's uh, it's the the ratio not too no, good. That's so, a very terrible ratio. So it's people who would, it was an episode on there, a guy got his house broken into. Um, and he was like, man, I called you guys 24 hours ago. They showed up 24 hours later. Jeez. Like, it's, wow. It's, yeah. yeah, so I just wanted people to just, um, just get where I came from and okay well t- why don't you take us there what, what, what was it like growing up there yeah um so in my era um it was violence that's when we was around our highest like number one number two number three in the country as far as murders mm-hmm. um I've always wanted to surround myself with uh my friends which is all basketball players usually was the best at their school so um Flint knew we were like the young upcoming superstars like in a, in the area so when we would go to parties or go out or do something it was always like uh, get up out of here man you know because because yeah. such and such might happen so um i've seen a lot of stuff you know i've seen fights you know i've seen shootings and all that but mm-hmm. um for the most part people in the city it's a good we got good people there you know they knew we all for the right cause so they would try to get us away as far as get out of here, man, y'all got to stay focused, stuff like that. So growing up, um, that's what I was really doing. I was hanging out with my friends, playing ball. You know, we would do something here and there to try to be kids, um, mm-hmm. go to house parties and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, it was just it was just violence, man. Like every time you turned on the news, it was something. Yeah, <laughs> Always. When you... Did you walk to school, elementary? Um? No, so um, in elementary school, I didn't walk to school. Um, I would be most part at my grandmother's house and my granddad because my mom had work early. So I usually catch the bus from there yeah. to school. Um, and then in high school, 
I started driving my senior year, so um, I was going, I was going there. But other than that, my mom would drop me off every morning. You didn't want to walk through the. Nah, no. Nah, I, I mean, nah, nah, I know that yeah, reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I didn't want to do that, but <laughs> yeah. So I mean, once I got older, though, like I got much respect for who I was just as a person because I was, I wasn't the guy. I wasn't the guy that was good in basketball, but wanted to be popular, like hanging in the hallways and. I was the guy that was getting A's and B's, mm-hmm. letting people know, like, I'm trying to get out. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to go. So it's funny. Um, my teacher, Ms. Barton, I was in the eighth grade, and she had just brought me to the side. She had tears in her eyes, and she was just like, like you're special. She told me this. I was 14 years old. I'd never forget it. And I talked to her literally, like, probably, like, uh, a month ago. Mm-hmm. We FaceTimed for the first time since the eighth grade because wow. she reached out to my mom. And she was like, you remember when I told you, like, you were special, like, you shouldn't be hanging around this type of group. Like, she's like, I seen a vision, like, of you, like, mm-hmm. if you keep doing what you're doing. Because she would come to my eighth grade games, and I would score, like, 40 points and all this. <laughs> and she was like, like, you got a gift. Like, stay with it. And um, she was in tears. And I was so young, I didn't really. I'm going to cry. Yeah, I, did, I didn't really, like, get what she was saying. Yeah. It was just like, uh, all right, I'm about to go with my friends. Because <laughs> I was so young to understand it. But. When she told me that, and I got older, I started looking back on that. Like, man, she was, she was right. So, and it was important that she said that instead yeah. of, "What are you doing? What, ba- yeah. Basketball's not gonna take you anywhere." Yeah. What, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the positive reinforcement yeah. when you're that young is very, very important. Yeah, I mean, when you're that young, it's like, all right, um, I know how hard it is to get to the NBA, but like, just don't shoot me down because right. then yeah. it, right. then it forces me to have second thoughts in my head like man what if I don't make it it was teachers though like because all I would do is talk about basketball walk with the basketball <laughs> they like well you know how hard it is Monte I'm not saying you're not gonna make it but right. you're not the biggest like you're, right. you know I, I heard that too um but at the same you time, know. you were making A's and B's. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you were taking yeah. care of the education piece yeah. while you were taking care of the basketball Yeah, piece. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I seen, like, so when I was growing up, it was this guy, this idol that I looked up to. I'll put this in my presentation, too. Uh, DeAndre Upchurch, y'all can do, like, research on him. He was the best player in our city. I was in eighth grade. He was a senior. Um, we would work out together. He was one of the hardest working dudes I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Can shoot the ball. His senior year, he had, like, First three games, 40, 42, 43. Wow. And then he he made a bad choice. He uh, It was a Saturday night, like, 1 in the morning after a game, and he was shooting dice at a house. And I guess it was, like, over $30 or something. They got into a big altercation, and he had ordered his cousins to shoot 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 the house up like a drive-by shooting. He wasn't there, but he ordered the shooting mm-hmm. and it ended up hitting a lady in her throat. Oh, and she was pregnant oh. so he got dismissed from the team mm-hmm. had to go to jail and do all this and just change his whole life like he was on his way he's division one offers was calling like the dude was a a monster and once i saw that because me and my mom would always go to his games like big fans of him yeah. and once that happened my mom just like you see how quick 30 seconds of a bad decision like mm-hmm. everything could be done and that situation opened my eyes because i'm like man like everybody in the city he ain't getting no special treatment or nothing right. like they don't care who you is so 
that kind of shaped me just to stay focused. And if I really wanted it, I knew it was gonna, wasn't going to be easy, especially the atmosphere, environment I was around. Like, you got people pulling you to come over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so – it was just hard to stay on that line, but I did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did it. Sure. How often do you get back to Flint? Um, I probably get back twice a year. I mean, now now that I'm, like, in the NBA, I trained in L.A. in the summer, so mm-hmm. um, I'm usually out there for the most part. And then I had – I mean, I've had two busy summers so far. Mm-hmm. Last year was right. summer league my first year, and then this past season was summer league. So I really hadn't had no downtime. But this year, um, I know, like – after we're done playing, I have the months to do that now because um, hopefully I don't have to play some really games. <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood. Knock on, knock on wood. But, um, but yeah, so uh, I could definitely get back now. Um, my auntie just moved, uh, Nicole, um, my mom's youngest sister. She just moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, she, <laughs> so she's loving that. She moved with her husband. And my mom uh, is planning on moving out there, too. So, oh, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, trying to get everything situated with that. It's time for her to, you know, yeah, move to, on, to, yeah, get out the code. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> she did yeah. her job. So, yeah. What? What do you like to do outside of basketball? Because it seems like basketball has been your entire yeah. life. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I watch forensic files every night. Like that's like my <laughs> that's my other that's my other uh, study. Like I like like forensics. Yeah. Like I like I'm into that weird type of stuff. People think it's weird. I don't think it's weird. <laughs> but uh, I like bowling. Bowling. I love bowling. Like. Yeah. That's my passion. Did you bowl with CP3? I know he's a big bowler, too. I went to his camp, but I didn't perform how how I wanted to. (laughs) I was kind of starstruck a little bit when I was in college. But, I mean, I'm – I'm cool with him now. I'm matter of fact, I'm asking can I get on his PBA team right. on ESPN when we we do it because I'm I'm very passionate about bowling. My highest score is two twenty three. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yo, you doing this? For I got real. the screenshot on my phone too because <laughs> people be like, "Man, you didn't get two twenty three. Like Iowa State, I would bowl every day. Wow. Okay. I had a bowling alley right behind my apartment complex. Uh, I would bowl every not single day. Not much else to do. Nothing else to do. Unless it was Thursday night. <laughs> you weren't bowling on Thursday night. night. <laughs> where did you learn to bowl? Like, where did you pick that up? Um, Man, I was terrible in bowling when I was in Flint. I used to bowl like Bumpers. this. Bumpers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I used to bowl like that. And then and then I got to college. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a, That spin that they do on ESPN, I can get that. <laughs> And then I kept trying it, kept trying it. And, I I mean, I just was doing that right after basketball, and it kind of helped me on a basketball court with my layups, too. Like when <laughs> Did I, it really? Yeah, it <laughs> definitely helped this spin. Yeah, like when I go up to the rim, I could spin it, like how I do, like, bowling ball and stuff. Coach Malone them to tell you, like, we went bowling, and I – like it was a pin in the corner over here, mm-hmm. and most people like just throw it straight. Like I can, I spin it back that way, and then, it, and then like it cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's where the flashiness yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the bowling alley. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You referenced something with uh, I, th- I think it was a pregame interview uh, with or you. Or the journey piece, okay. but but you were talking about the Flintstones. Yeah, and I, for the life of me, I. I thought, how old were you when 
Because, like, yeah, Mateen yeah, Cleaves yeah. and Morris <laughs> Peterson, like, you must have been, like, four or yeah, something yeah, like I that. Was like, I was, like, five. Yeah. I mean, because 2000, yeah, I was, I was five. I was born yeah. in 95. So I was young. But, like, once I started going to Michigan State, like, when I was uh, older, around, like, 13, 14 years old, we would do mini camps up there with Tom Izzo. Mm-hmm. I would see they would show me so many highlights of them. Like yeah. when Mateen rolled his ankle yeah. and came back, like <laughs> yeah. that game was crazy. Uh, but then um, when I was like 16, they were still hooping, so we would have runs at the Y. It would oh, be okay. So you played? Yeah, yeah, them. we played them when yeah. I was young. I was like 16, so they team they would always play with. It was Morris Peterson, Charlie Bell, Mateen, uh, Jeff Grayer, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Desmond Farmer. So yeah. every time we'd be in the YMCA, they would have a five. I would have my five. Then Miles, Miles Bridges, would have his uh his young five, who all in college now playing. But we would have different eras. So my team, it was it was like me, Kyle, uh, my boy Dominus, who's playing in uh Serbia right now. Yeah. Um, my best friend Richmond, who's he's playing at. Uh, Lincoln Division Two, and then Darrell Tisdale, he would play with the Mad Ants in the G League. So that was like kind of my team, and yeah. then they had their team. And then Miles was a young boy. Was Miles young. was like <laughs> Miles was like thirteen, but he was good though. Wow, yeah, yeah, so those would be some crazy runs. Oh, though. for sure. They they yeah. I wish they could still play right now. Yeah. It'll be real, real good. Miles Bridges, I didn't even, I would didn't yeah. even dial into me that you would have, yeah. y'all would have. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, he's had some ridiculous highlights already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. man, Miles used to be a fat thirteen year old <laughs> begging everybody to play one on one, and we like, man, no, we not playing you, bro. Like, no, but uh, yeah, man, he's but he started dunking like that probably when he's like fifteen, and we was like, yo, this kid wow. is amazing, like. So you've seen those highlights first Yeah, year. for sure, for sure, yeah. Did somebody tell me that you have an in- – was Michigan a school that you were going to go to? Yeah, yeah. That Can was, you – That was in the journey piece. I wanted the Michigan – yeah, I wanted the Michigan State one, but Tom Izzo just overlooked me. I mean, but as a head coach, if you keep coming to see a kid and he don't play good in front of you, it's like – Right, right. Yep. Like, right. I'm not just about to do? give him an offer just off hype. He got to do something when I come there. <laughs> And I never, I never, yeah, I never performed in front of Izzo. Like, at his mini camp, he would put me on a big stage at the Breslin floor. And I would always press, I think, because I wanted it too bad. But, I mean, it probably was a blessing for me to just leave Michigan, too, you Mm -hmm. know. Go somewhere else, get a new network. Iowa State, I say Iowa State was, like, destined for me, for real. Um, They offered me when I was in the eighth grade. But I Eighth just grade. Yeah, I was just like, man, ain't, ain't nobody going to Iowa State. <laughs> <laughs> nobody going there. And then my mom was like, well, you got five official visits. Let's just go ahead and try Check it. Check it out. We fly in. They, like, prepare for land, and we look out. It's dirt it's everywhere. Nice. In Des Moines, Iowa. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, and then I it's like a 45-minute drive from yeah. Des Moines yeah. to Ames. I've, yeah. I've, been, I've done that drive. <laughs> then I get there, and I Michigan guys on the team I know. Um they took me to some good places, some sororities and sororities. <laughs> they showed like, wait, wait like, maybe I will maybe go Maybe this is this not, this not too bad. <laughs> On top of Fred Hoiberg and, yeah, you know, him, his freedom, just let you play. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people in that arena, the, the yeah, fan is so loud. It's, so it's, loud. Oh, it's just a, it's a great no, atmosphere. No NBA team. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not much to do there. So when they have good teams oh man they show out man crazy yeah i got covered a lot of games there and it was just like the place that you didn't expect would be so loud it was such a hard place to operate in definitely because that hilton coliseum was love playing there man it's it's crazy crazy for sure yeah yeah all right to wrap things up here Mm -hmm. most starstruck you've been since you've been in the nba Oh man, um, I would say when we we were playing the Lakers, uh, not the first time. Um, we was in Staples Center, uh, the twenty fifth, and I always go back to the locker room to use the bathroom. I always get jittery, and I used to I used to just gotta pee before I play. <laughs> so every game I do it. So um, I'm running back with Bobby, and Kobe is right by our locker room, <laughs> and and he was talking to Rob Palinka. And, like, I was about to, like, walk around him. He, like, what's up, young fella? Like, he grabbed my hand, <laughs> shook my hand. I'm like, man, he was in a full conversation. He stopped me and told me what's up. Like, I'm never watching this and hand then, again. And then I use the bathroom. I come out. I tell Bobby, like, yo, Kobe just touched my hand. I'm about to, I'm about to have a good game. And then I had a great game. You did game. have a good yeah, game. I'm like, yo, Kobe just shook my hand. Like, I mean, it wasn't a big part that he shook my hand. It's just like he was in a whole conversation, and he just thought what he was doing and just was like, what's up, man? I'm like, man, Kobe. Cool. Like, yeah. Like, that was my biggest starstruck moment for sure. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this has just been a treat. Yeah. It's been a treat. We really appreciate you sure. stopping by 24K Lounge. Yeah. And you're just such a good human. Uh-huh. And people, I, I want Nuggets fans to, to recognize that too yeah. because – you always are willing to talk. Mm-hmm. You're always willing to meet fans and go out of your way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can tell that you were raised the right way. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to hear your story from you and to have you share that with everybody. And yep. You deserve it. all the success that, mm-hmm. that you've had so far. Completely agree. You have a website that you need to plug. Go ahead and plug that website. Yeah, go plug what you need to plug right now. <laughs> plug plug what you need to plug. Um, I mean, you can, you can add me on, on Instagram. Yep. <laughs> at Big Game Tay. Um, just show love. Go Nuggets. Right. <laughs> Nuggets Nation, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time.